think that's where a lot of people go go bad with a pup. They throw them in a pen and just throw feed to them every day. And to me, you got to make a connection with them. Some guys don't agree with me on that, but I think you got to have a good bond with a dog. real simple I think with a pup and a lot of people don't understand it. When a pup is ready to start, it will start. You can't force a pup to start and you can't force a pup to treat. It has to do it on its own. Hello and welcome to the Stark Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Clayton Stark. In today's episode, we're going to sit down with Darren Ridge. And Darren Ridge actually owns the dog Uncle Cracker. He's an English coonhound and he actually made it to the finals of the World Hunt when he was 15 months old. He's a Grand Knight champion and a PKC champion and he has some pretty nice pups off of him. So last week actually I got together with him and we sat down and did an interview. Then we took his dogs out hunting and that video is up on YouTube right now. So if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, make sure you go check that out. But before we get in the interview, I just want to thank my sponsors of this podcast and all of my content. So I just want to say thank you and a Merry Christmas to all these different companies and people. First, Conkey's Outdoor and Hound Hunting Supply. Coon Dog Wear, Dogtra, Big Dog Lights, Buy Your Legacy Game Calls with a Tree Shaker Coon Squaller, Ring Tails and Tall Tails Hunting Supply, and Taxidermy, Gun Dog House Doors, Saddle Up Canine Cryo, and then the Stud Dog portion. The first Stud Dog up is actually a Plot Hound named Grand Knight Champion Saddle Up Lazarus, and if you want to see him in action, you can check him out on my YouTube channel as well. also like to thank John Steber with Lonesome Blue Kennels. I also have a video of him up on my YouTube channel, so if you want to see some quality blue ticks go, you can look up that video as well. also like to thank Virgil Davis with Davis's Rosedale Frogger. He's an AKC World Champion, PKC Platinum Champion, and a Grand Knight Champion. I also have full hunt videos of him, and his pops up on my YouTube channel as well. Our next stud uh, dog is actually a new one. It's Grand Knight Champion 2, PKC Gold Champion, Backwater Bobo. So make sure you check those dogs out. And their pedigrees and all their information is listed on my YouTube channel, my videos, and all my social media content as well. I'd also like to thank our latest sponsor, CoonHunterSupply.com and Razor Hunting Gear. So Merry Christmas and thank you to all these companies and individuals that helped me do this. And don't forget, with Christmas coming up, if you want to save some money buying a, a new hunting light, make sure you use code STARK10 when buying a big dog light to save some money. Or use code STARK5 when buying a doctor tracking system from Doctor to save some money. And speaking of Christmas, I hope you guys are enjoying this time of year. I know it gets kind of hectic. There's a lot of stuff going on, and we're actually having Christmas Eve dinner at my house, so my whole family's coming over here. That means we have to make sure the house is spotless and get all the food around and ready and get all the gifts wrapped for the kids. And I actually just got done cleaning the kennels and getting it prepped and ready for the really cold winter coming up. I know most of you in the Midwest have heard, but it's going to get really bad here soon. We're supposed to get around six inches of snow with really high winds, and it's supposed to get below zero. So it's always a good idea to make sure your hounds have quality bedding, plenty of fresh food, and fresh water daily. And I actually heat my building with a wood stove that they go in. It's kind of set up like a cabin, so they get pretty spoiled. So that's just kind of what's been going on with me lately. My Christmas special is coming up on YouTube, which is going to be premiering December 25th at 6 p.m. So if you're listening to this before Christmas, I hope you really enjoy that video. I'm glad Christmas fell on a Sunday this year. That way you guys have something entertaining to watch. Hopefully when everything's calmed down a little bit, you can kick back and get some leftovers and watch some pretty good coon hunting. And in that Christmas special, Virtual Davis actually had a chili dinner a while back where he invited all the local coon hunters from our area. And I got together with some guys that I grew up hunting with for the last 30 years of my life and 
did some interviews with them. They have some really funny and interesting stories and share some really great advice for youth, as well as some of the older people looking to get some youth involved with what we love to do in the woods with these hounds. And then after the interview portion of the video, we took out AKC World Champion Frogger, about four of his pups, and did some pleasure hunting. It was a really good time. And then, of course, if you submitted pictures to me or Christmas cards to be featured in that video at the end of the video, is a slideshow showing all the youth involved. It's an hour and 15 minutes long, so it's a nice long video that should be entertaining for the whole family. I'm really looking forward to that one, and I hope you guys are too. Now I won't keep you any longer. We'll get into this interview here with Darren Ridge, talking about Uncle Cracker and some of his pups, and kind of his journey as he came to get him, and some of the competition hunts and pleasure hunts as well. It was really nice meeting Darren and his family, and I appreciate him having me over to go hunting, and I hope you enjoy these stories. Alright, so I'm sitting here with Darren. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, you want to just tell me kind of how you got involved with coon hunting? Started when I was 16. Had just old trade dogs and I mean, it, they I thought they were good, but it, looking back at them now, I mean, they're not what, the, what I have now. Uh, <laughs> started, uh, hunted pretty heavy and then I quit when I started having, or when I had two kids. Took about an eight year hiatus and then got back in it and what did you what breed of dogs did you start with started with blue ticks okay do you know remember how they were bred they were etchman and i had a, the best one i had was a single register okay and then when you got back into it did you just get an english dog or how did you get back into it got back into it because of my daughter hannah she wanted to start coon hunting and i mean I, we found her a pretty good walker dog and uh, we got him from scott dixon we hunted him for a while uh I wanted another dog, so my friend Jason Baker had a he had a litter of Walker pups out of Cash and his Bell female. I went there to look at him when when I got there he had an English pup that was a month older and I said, Well I want that one. <laughs> and he said, Well yeah, I'll sell him. He sold him to me for three hundred dollars and the rest was history. So you got him when he was a puppy? Yeah. How did you start him? Just took him to the woods with the old Walker dog and at four and a half months he split treat and had a coon. So he was naturally independent and natural starter? Yes. So is that kind of how you start all your, all your pups you've had, or just taking them with older dogs? Have been. this. I mean, this line, I've been just taking them by themselves, and they're, I mean, if they do it, they do it. They've been pretty much natural. Yeah. After he started, after he split tree that time, did you single him out then by himself? Yes. Then how long did you think he was, did he just take off right from there? Or? There, there was bad nights. It took probably about eight months. He was completely consistent i mean every night you take him and he's he's trained coon regular yeah did you when did you start competition on him when he was 12 months old okay and was that just ukc pkc or put him in a little local ukc hunt he uh he won that one and then i went up north to a club a blue tick hunt he won that one then the next hunt was super or baby steaks mm. we took him down there he won his cast i don't push him hard i never have mm -hmm. it's just uh I've never put him in none of the big money hunts, $6,500 or none of that. It's It was a little local hunt. So then yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'll probably never hunt in a $6,500 entry hunt myself. If I got a wife and kids, I can't yeah, justify spending $6,500 to go coon hunting. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hate to lose it. And, yeah. But that's when, I mean, when I after I won the cast at Baby Stakes, we uh, had him in a couple more little hunts, and I saved him back for Autumn Oaks. He had four UKC wins. He uh, he got second place registered at Autumn Oaks. After that, I mean, he's mainly been in bigger hunts. The world hunt, he did his run there. We finished fourth in the world there. And what, that, what year was that? 2020. Where was that world hunt at? Peru. Okay. 
That's not too far from here, is it? It was about a little over two hours, and I drove it every night. Mm, yeah, so, so it was, <laughs> it's not too far, but it's, that's still when yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, I didn't have a hotel, didn't have nothing like that. I just, I mean, we went there, entered him, and yeah, we kept doing good. Yeah, you want to kind of tell me how that went, that whole event, if you can. Yeah, I mean, uh, the zone. We'll start at the zones in Michigan. The first night, I scored, I think seven something. I believe he might have been one of the highest scoring dogs there single cast dog the next night we drew uh i drew rodeo which is a dog that ended up beating me in the finals mm. it come down i mean it cracker went way left and intrigued the whole cast and then them dogs just kept going away from us and scoring more and more mm. and then when we go to the zones it's he was putting up big scores every uh every round he won and then we get to the final four and i was so nervous i was throwing up <laughs> everything else i didn't really know what i'd done yet it was yeah i mean i didn't know what he had uh, what we had accomplished and and then hearing names like scott engel and stuff in my cast that was i mean somebody's won everything there is and you got a little nobody like me that went there and did what i did yeah well testament to your dog it's not like you're i'm not saying you're a bad handler but it's not like you just took something that was able to be handled and kind of finagled in there like the way it sounds he's pretty consistent all the way through putting up good scores and yeah he and i'm not i'm not a good handler there's no <laughs> there's no offense to that i'm uh i mean that, that was my first year back into competition hunting mm-hmm. when i went through that and uh i'm still not considered a hard competition hunter we go my daughter hunts him more than i do now yeah so it's i mean i'm enjoying hunting the pup out of him and she hunts cracker you want to tell me how he's bred he is uh out of cracker jack which goes back to, or which is out of loudmouth jr on the bottom side, he's out of uh, Ruby Ridge, Ridge Rusty Nail, which is Big River bred. That's all. Eric Emery's the one that bred him, and mm-hmm. that's all Big River blood on the bottom. And then that pup you said that you're enjoying hunting, it's out of Uncle Cracker and which female? Rory Cows is uh, Big River Leah. Okay. And you want to talk about his Cracker's hunt style a little bit? Like, is he a wide hunting dog? Just kind of tree him as he comes <clears throat> to him? He's going to hit the first track he comes to, whether it be good or bad. He's going to get it treed. Sometimes, I mean, I wish he would move on past some of them bad tracks, but he's that's what he's going to do. I mean, he's going to go as far. I've had him trim at 10 yards and 1.2. Yeah. So he's going to go where he's got to go. That's how I like him, personally. Just tree, not be crazy and worry about everything else besides tree and a coon. They're kind of their first thing on their mind is finding the track and getting one tree, not necessarily running away from other dogs. or. And the way you described him, he sounds like he's pretty naturally independent anyways. You said he started split tree when he was really young. Yes. So, I mean, that's probably something. You probably didn't have to work on that much with him, did you? I haven't had to work on hardly nothing. Just he's he's so high strung. Like when you're getting him out of the box, I mean, he, I've tore up two or three dog box doors because <laughs> of him. And it's, uh, he has bad leash manners, and I've worked on that. He's hard-headed. He's just ready to go. Those are two of his <laughs> faults. I mean, that's, that's, it, that's one of his main faults is his leash manners. And I've worked on him and worked on him, and it's just – some of them just they get so amped up no they know what's going on that yeah that's just how they are he's yeah you rather have them tree and coon and win and hunts if they're going to be like that than the alternative and be like that that's a fact <laughs> i've had a lot of them describing what you are but they might not be <laughs> winning casts <Yeah. laughs> so you just got headaches and busted dog boxes <laughs> so how, how old's that pop you're hunting now he is a year he'll be two years old in january 26 okay so he's you've been hunting him pretty consistently then real consistently he come down with limes ah. that slowed him down so i i mean i didn't put him in a bunch of hunts we've got mm-hmm. him back to where he's clicking now 
Do you have any hunts coming up you're going to be putting them in? Nothing major. I mean, we'll probably enter him some pro classics or yeah. stuff like that. This time of year, it's kind of slow anyways compared to yeah. other times of year. Speaking of which, have you noticed, like, with your line of dogs, do they seem to shine better in certain conditions or certain times of year? I mean, when Coon are moving, they look really good. Yeah. and uh, it's But, like, Cracker, I mean, he's going to, when there's Coon not to be found, he's going to find something. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you're going to, they're action packed. They're, I mean, I, I love them. The style I like. The more of a traditional type coon dog, not necessarily a ambush style dog. Kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. Where he, he probably will ambush one if he comes across one, but yes. he can tree both types. That's kind of yes. what you're saying. And that's, that's what I like too, because they're, that to me, that's the most versatile you can get. I think your odds are better at competing more consistent if you can do both because you can't control you can control the time of the year you, you go, but the, as far as the weather and the coon movement and stuff like that, it's hard to control that. Do you have any plans and any litters coming up you're going to be breeding to them? Yeah, we just bred a free female today. That's out of uh, David Magrum's Black Sharpie female. Uh, we've got another one coming this Saturday. There, there's been a couple more people call about this week, and <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. And I've, I've limited him to breeding females. He's only bred, this will be the seventh female today, but... Uh, He's open for stud now. I mean, is it, I was holding him back because of his age, and he will be at Super Stakes. We're going to hunt him in Super Stakes still. We'll, uh, my daughter's still got another year of the youth world, and we'll, we might try doing the PKC world this year. I don't know what we're if that's going to pan out or not. No. So if you can remember, do you remember all the hunts you've won with him? English Days. He double, or he won Thursday night, won Friday night, got beat Saturday night. Autumn Oaks, he's won every year I've had him in it. He's won his cast. I mean, the last time mm-hmm. he scored, he was the first one out of the Grand 16. Hmm. PKC Super Stakes is one, as a one-year-old. I finished sixth, sixth in that. And, I, and there again, I've limited him in the hunts. Most of the hunts he's been in have been bigger hunts, stuff like that. And Especially, it seems like, and I come down to this area a lot. There's a lot of people in this area that coon hunt. And we're, like you said, Autumn Oaks is not far from here. So if I, me, I don't competition up much. But if I did, I would do that too because... Then you know you do well and you win. It's more than just a. There's nothing wrong with the local hunts, but like if you said, if you got an English dog and you win English days, then that's that's pretty special. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I would like to win it. Yeah, we uh, and if you hunt a local hunt around here, though, I mean, there's you're, yeah, you're going to hunt against platinum champions. You're going that's to hunt what against, I mean. It's some <laughs> right, of the this best area. of the best, and it's there's no shame in winning one. No, especially like in this this part of Indiana. There's people say like. They'll go to a local hunt and they'll be a world champion or a platinum. Just because those people, they put them in there using it kind of like practice. They hunt about every night of the week. And that's just another way to get good practice in. Maybe for a bigger hunt coming up or just keeping their dog in check. I mean, that's what we do hunt some of the smaller ones. And like I said, it's I don't hunt Cracker and many of them anymore. But I've, I've been busy pushing the pup. I like. I mean, if I'm going to go to a hunt, I'm going to take my pup. Mm-hmm. So you said you've bred seven females to them. Have you noticed any line of dogs that has something different than the other ones as far as reproducing ability if something you like more well my cry pups out of the big river blood and I, I mean i like everything about him the uh we have a female named main street frankie charlie guffey owns him he's an 82 year old man we have that female that's uh main street mac on top and smooth talking on the bottom randy selby's smooth talking line and uh that litter there's six of them out of the eight that are running and treeing yeah and that's, I mean, that's been our best litter so far. Yeah. But a lot of it's getting them in the right hands. So it's 
right? And you you only said you bred seven now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he's bred to 100 different – you're being somewhat selective with what you're you're doing. So that will probably help your odds too and just making sure it goes to the right people. And I've noticed, like you said, that guy's 80 years old. Like a lot of those older guys, they'll have good females, but then they end up with a whole litter and then they'll have two or three of them left over. So you might not might not know 100%. They might not all get a fair shake. Yeah. You, your kids help you hunt too, but like as far as pleasure hunting, do you have anyone you go with consistently or hunt, hunt alone for the most part or with your kids? I hunt with my kids a lot and their their boyfriends both hunt. So I hunt with them a yeah. lot. And so I'm usually out there with a bunch of younger people. Uh, <laughs> the 82-year-old man I hunt with, Charlie Guffey, I mean, I hunt. He sets in the truck with me a lot and we go hunting and he's like a walking encyclopedia when it comes <laughs> to the English dog. I mean, he knows everything there is. Yeah. About the English breed. Uh, I hunt with Randy Selby and Noel Allen some. Landon Bolin, Wyatt Severance, Jason Baker, Jason Bolin. Those are, I don't want to mention names now, I'm forgetting somebody, but those are the right. ones we hunt against or hunt with around here. Mm-hmm. Kevin Conway, I hunt a lot with him. So that's that's about it. But. Yeah. So on Patreon, I ask people if they can submit questions for when I interview people. And the one question was, what was your favorite dog and why? It'd be an old blue tick I had named Jam and Judy. She was my favorite <laughs> just because she was my first decent dog. Yeah. But Cracker would be the favorite of all time from what he's done for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, He's part of the family now. I mean, he's proved everything he's had to prove to us. And Yeah, that's a that question gets brought up a lot. And for most people, it's really hard because if you've, if you've done this for any amount of time, it's hard to say that this one's your favorite because – if you've had a couple decent ones, you have so many good memories with all the dogs. It's hard to say that one of them is your definite favorite. Cause then you start thinking of nights that you had with one, maybe 10 or 20 years ago. I figured Cracker would probably be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as starting pups, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but the other question was if you use like when you're starting a pup, do you show cage coon at all or lay drags or just both? I mean, I've showed them cage coons and, if, if they're interested, I've had them not interested at all in a cage coon, then I'll turn it loose and they'll run it. Yeah. Uh, we've laid drags. We've, uh, I don't shoot coon out to my dogs. And I mean, I get a lot of criticism for that from <laughs> people and they're like, they don't believe that. But I mean, yeah. two or three years, all mine get. Mm-hmm. Starting a pup, I mean, I'll give it more than when it's first starting a tree. I'll give it a few coon. But after that, once it's consistent, I'm done with it. Yeah. And I agree with that because if you're, especially with a pup, if you shoot, everything at trees then once season goes out like i i'm sure you hunt all the i hunt all year long yep. so then you start you could develop bad habits where it might kind of linger around the tree or want to go back to the tree and then if you hunt the same spots then you don't have as many yep. kunda tree and if you're starting your own pups then if you have less kunda tree then it's harder to get them on one maybe like if if i have people over to my house and like there's a big group we might go like a weekend and kill a bunch, but other than that, I don't really, don't really kill hardly any of them. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, everybody has a different way of doing that, and like I said, I've not, I've not with these dogs, I've not shot much goon out to them. Yeah, and I'm sure it's like this here, but there's no, it's not. There's never going to be a shortage of coon because <laughs> no, there's too many tiles and stuff for yeah. to hide, and it's barns and tiles, and even this time of year, they get inside holes and den trees and stuff, and. I'm sure around here it's not like it used to be. Like there's a lot of coon hunters, but it's not like it was 30 and 40 years ago mm-hmm. with the fur market and no one traps really anymore either. So I'm sure there's just I'm sure the population's pretty good because it looks similar to home, a lot of farm ground. But 
Hillier. Mean, it's coon hunting. I mean, it's some of the best around, I think. I mm-hmm. mean, but we, we still have bad nights here in Indiana. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's what I've talked about that a lot in the past few weeks. People don't realize that there are a lot of coon here, but once you get past Thanksgiving, it's, it gets hard sometimes because they the just, the ones are gone. Yeah. They're or, just, they're just not there. No. And if they don't have a reason to move, they're not going to. It's a lot of times we we might not want to be out there because it's so cold and nasty. So they probably don't want to be out either. Probably, I mean, yeah, it's it's rough sometimes, and people don't believe that the damn from around here. But it's yeah, yeah. There's a lot up here, but when it's 10, 20 degrees, and there's twenty mile an hour wind or ice and snow and mud, like they're not going to be just running all over the place. No, it's not the coons who everybody thinks sometimes. No, <laughs> get into the spring. Yeah, and then when the crops are on and stuff like that's different. But like this time of year, it's it's, it's rough. Yep. Is there anything anything else you'd like to go over? No, I mean, I appreciate you doing this interview with me. I mean, it's yeah. Well, thanks for taking me hunting. Yeah. I can't remember if I asked you this when we were recording or not, but who, what, all dogs are we hunting tonight? We're gonna hunt Uncle Cracker. I'd like to show you the Midnight Cry dog, and we might hunt Ant Cracker. Okay. So we'll. We'll give a variety. They're both out of cracker, out of different different uh, females. So we'll see. You'll get to see their style and what they're doing. Have you noticed, since you've been breeding them, like as far as coloration of your dogs, are they pretty close to looking like him? Or do you get a good mix? Most of them are blue or tricolor. We yeah. have a couple red ones, but. I just wondered. I always like the tricolored ones. That's why I just wondered. I prefer the tricolor. Yeah. But. Nothing wrong with the red ones. It's just, I don't. I don't see the tricolor ones all that often. I always thought they were pretty neat looking. Yeah, it's my favorite. So, All right. Well, we'll get off of here. and It's dark now, so we can start getting ready to go to the woods. We'll do it. Well, that was a really great interview with Darren, and the hunting afterwards was great as well. I love getting together and making videos and podcasts like I did with this one. It really showcases the family tradition. A lot of the spotlight gets shined on the competition hunting, but then when you get together with these people that might have big-name dogs or that dogs competed at a very high level, the root of what they're doing is what we all know and love. They all go pleasure hunting. They hunt every night of the week almost, all year long, simply because they love it and they're passing it down throughout the generations. So thank you, Darren, for having me over. And I actually had a question submitted to me for my Patreon page. I offer the opportunity for people to reach out to me and submit questions that I can discuss on this podcast on Patreon. So if you're interested in seeing videos early, like my Christmas special is up a week early. My videos are typically up a week early on Patreon. And after I get done hunting, I post all my photography on there all at once. That way you don't have to just wait if you want to see it. You can also make video requests and also submit questions for this podcast that I'll go over now. So if that sounds interesting, go to www.patreon.com slash starkoutdoors, or you can download the Patreon app and look up Stark Outdoors and become a patron on there today. So one of my subscribers on Patreon reached out to me. His name is Blake. He asked what my thoughts were on feeders versus natural fed properties, such as grapevines, persimmons. And for me, my perspective comes from living in the Midwest, which is a lot different than people that live down South, because around here... There is just thousands of acres of cornfields and bean fields. Not this time of year, obviously, in the wintertime, but midsummer all the way through basically around Halloween or early November. There's some sort of crop fields, and if you want to get a pup started or hunt, your best bet is to be around whatever crop is in its prime at that time. So that's not really necessary. You also need to check your laws based on your state. But if you are allowed to put bait out with like feeder buckets, I don't think it's a bad idea, especially if you're just using it to kind of help the animals. Like in the harsh winter months here, 
Sometimes it gets hard for them to find food. There's nothing wrong with putting some corn out or some for them. And then, of course, that creates a great place if you have a young dog. You can walk them around it just to get them on the scent and kind of give them some exposure to it. But as far as like an older dog, I really wouldn't mess with that much. I'm talking more about a dog that's a year old or younger if you're just taking it out in the daytime to get it some woods experience. It's kind of a benefit to both you and the animals. If the weather's really bad and there's nothing really out there for them to eat, but there's nothing really wrong, in my opinion, with helping them out. So you could give them some feed. Usually most people just use bags of corn. And like I said, that just gives a good opportunity to you to take a pup to the woods and walk it around and know that it's getting on some good scent. And if it's in the wintertime and there's snow on the ground, you can tell what tracks there are. That way you know too. Some people I've seen put trail cameras up over them. That way they can keep tabs kind of what's in the area. But in the Midwest, most of the year, it's not really necessary, like I said, because there's just, there's food everywhere. And then in the woods, you have obviously all the food they eat in there too, with oaks, with their acorns, and all sorts of mulberries and natural food as well. Developing a dog naturally is always better, in my opinion. Thank you for your question, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'd also like to say I met Wyatt Severance and Derek Compton. Those guys are in my video as well, and they're two people I'm really glad I got to meet in person. And to me, that's one of the biggest benefits of doing what I do. I get to go out and meet a bunch of people just like me, because to me, that's what coon hunting is, and that's why we have it today, the pleasure hunting aspect of people just getting together and sharing stories and just heading to the woods with dogs and that's what i love to do and i'm really glad you guys all love to do it too and we can share this all together so i appreciate you all for watching my videos and listening to these podcasts and i'll talk to you next time you ended up treeing seven tenths of a mile I had my light on coming in and he had another coon so Turned him loose three times, he had three coons.